0: I want to turn my attention to markets right now. Very pleased to have with me Neil McIver, founder of McIver Capital Management at CG Wealth. Neil, appreciate you taking the time for us. And I thought about you the other day in that looking at. Obviously, we look ahead to two twenty three, but I'm looking back at two twenty two. And I loved a piece of the advice you were you were very cautious in two twenty two. Uh, You know, you had a big cash component you kept talking about, you were worried about the rise in interest rates, you know, that list. You had a pretty darn good list, you know, uh, and in my opinion, doing the first thing that your job is, is risk management.
1: Thanks, Mike. And and I should say to start off, it's fantastic to be here and thank you for the opportunity to join you and your listeners. And I also want to say that I I love your new format. Uh, You know, like a great many people, I think the content is even better and more on point than it, than it ever was, but thank you. Um, yeah, 2022 was a terrible year. Uh, we were at your conference in 2022, um, at the beginning of the year. We were also at your conference in 2021 and years before that. But in those two years, I did talk about raising cash inside of portfolios, decreasing exposure to um, uh, the potential for inflation. And that was absolutely critical in terms of what the results were um at the end of the at the end of this year because in both cases we saw an impending problem that was going to strike which was going to be inflation which was going to be economic inflation previous to that we had asset inflation where stocks went up real estate went up all these different asset classes rose but um, we knew that it was eventually going to bleed into the economy and prices of everyday household goods were going to go up. And um, so, and as that happened, we knew that was gonna impact um, uh, the market in a negative way. And and so we were well prepared for it, but um, you know, 2022 was a, a terrible year. And I think it's important that people understand where financial performance comes from and mathematically, The amount you lose in any particular year has a far greater impact on your long term wealth than how much you may gain in another year. And I think this is really important math for your listeners to understand. And this is what all institutional uh, investors know very well. And that's if you lose 50% of your money, it takes 100% to get back to zero. So, you know, even if you get a 7% growth rate, that's going to take you a decade, Michael.
0: Yeah, well, and it's funny, uh, Victor dare as a trader and me as an investor, I'm more longer term investment. I don't have the emotional makeup to be a trader, but we all both talk about that for that very reason. And unfortunately, I talk about it through experience as opposed to something, yes. I, something I read. You know, as you say, you watch something and you're emotionally attached to it or taking the loss is, an emotional, is too much emotional pain. So you watch the darn thing drop in half. And as you say, boy, that's a harsh lesson. Gee, I've got a double now you know, to get back to even, that wasn't the point of my investment plan was to have to double to get to even, you know, so I think your point's just so well taken. Yeah. And and
1: I, you know, most people I think get trapped in that. And I I think we're all for an individual, individual investors, we're our own worst enemies because we do get trapped in emotions. We do our best to try to, um, uh, to, to drive performance by removing emotion from a lot of the decision, decision decision-making process along the way.
0: But that's why it's, you know, for a lot of people, and and I put myself in this category, I mean, I've, I mean, I'm old, so I've got, you know, years of trying to learn from these mistakes, literally, and what am I learning, I'm learning how to manage that emotion, really, I mean, essentially, you know, buy, sell points, that kind of thing, but that's why it's better to deal with a professional like yourself. Because you're not as near as emotionally attached to somebody's, you know, all their emotions around money. You know, I, I think is it love and money. And then I realized it was money because people divorce <laughs> o- divorce over money. Yes, you know? yeah. So. Well, that's right. That's why dealing with someone like yourself, though, because you can help remove that emotion. I mean, you can't force them to do something. But still, it, it helps to get a pragmatic view that way.
1: Well, that's, that, that's right. And it's not just by removing the emotion. It's also there's process that we use. Yeah. Uh, when we build portfolio managers, that even, even uh, reduces our emotional um, uh, attachments to the portfolios that we run for clients. Because um, if you have a very strict discipline process, uh, then, and you're sticking to it on a regular basis, then it reduces the emotion of even the managers. And we manage all of our portfolios with an investment committee of four individuals. And so we have to sort of battle it out to, uh, to make changes to the portfolio. But even there, it's inside of the confines of a strict structure, which you know, I can go through in a, in a little bit. But um, you know, just looking at 2022, you can see where you know emotions had the impact on the market. I mean, it was really one for the ages. Um, you know, absolute mayhem out there as irresponsible government and central banks washed, um, you know, they, their, their decisions washed through the economies and the markets. And I think it was only the third time in history that all major stock markets and bond markets were negative. Um, bonds, in fact, had their worst year on record um, as rates spiked. And we can certainly chat about that. But, you know, if we take a look at, at NASDAQ as an example, NASDAQ was down 32 Percent over 2022. The S&P 500, the vaunted S&P 500 down almost 20%, 19%. Uh, the TSX Venture down 40%. Global equities across the board were down 196 almost 20%. In fact, the best performing index was the Canadian market. And that was because of the heavy exposure to oil and gas. I mean, that's in fact, that's really what saved the, the TSX. It only lost Uh, just about 8.7 or 8.8%. So relatively uh, limited. But, you know, look at these numbers are are unbelievable. If we take a look at bonds, uh, Canada 20-year government bonds down 33% in 2022. U.S. 20-year government bonds down 36% in 2022. I mean, these are numbers that, that, that have blown portfolios absolutely out of the water.
0: And that's the part that has been so difficult, this unusual thing, you know, the sort of standard is you have bonds in your portfolio to offset when when stocks go down, you know, and that was what was supposed to happen, provide some balance in the ultimate returns. Well, as you just said, 2022 obliterated that, you got killed in bonds, you got killed in stocks, you know, and... Uh, let me ask you this uh, quickly, coming back to a portfolio about stocks. Now, I know you're going to be at the World Outlook Conference. You're mm-hmm. going to get into what, you know, further, obviously, into this. But so did, would you characterize this as a stock pickers market, like much more emphasis on what stocks you're in as opposed to, you know, if you went into 2020 into 21, just get the whole market kind of thing. You didn't have to be too picky about what you were in. Uh, do you feel yeah. that's changed now?
1: absolutely and and you know we has a, it completely has changed and and we as a as a investment management group are agnostic as to whether or not this is a beta market where we, you just buy the market you buy the indexes and it goes up or it's a stock picker's market because we do both um and we emphasize one versus the other depending upon what sort of a market that we're going into but there's no question that index investors were Um, were mauled in 2022. And as we come out of this, there's no easy fix. This isn't 2008 where the government rides in on its horse and throws money at the situation, artificially pushing down interest rates. That's not going to happen. There's a lot of sovereign debt issues. Um, There's a lot of other economic problems, obviously inflation being a big one. So it's going to be a minefield, but it's also there's a lot of opportunity at the same time that's that's been developed, that, that, that has, is presenting itself to us. And that primarily is by getting down into the weeds and selecting the right part of the market that you want to be in, and then the right individual securities that you wish to be in as well. Uh,
0: give me, and I don't want to you know, uh, preempt what you're going to say at the Outlook, because you'll have a little more time and more depth. Give me an example of something that you look at that sort of reflects that bigger view that you have.
1: Uh, if, if for 2023, do you mean, Michael? Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you
1: know, we, I think we've, we've got to be careful not to fight last year's battles. And one of the issues is obviously is that inflation is, is, is the overriding economic issue that needs to be dealt with. But the truth is, is investors should have been terrified about imped, impending inflation in 2021 and 2022 uh, at the beginnings of, of those years, which, by the way, we did, as you know, we warned your audience about that at the Outlook Conference and in other appearances as well too over the past two years. Uh, now inflation i mean it remains a significant problem there's there's no doubt about that but some inflationary pressures are abating somewhat um there are, you know lumber for instance is and, and there are others are is coming down uh in june of 2022 um this year or last year rather we, we saw the recent peak of inflation of just over eight percent in canada now it's about six percent now the question going forward is how sticky will inflation be um, you know, labor costs are a problem. They're they're going to be difficult to moderate. Um, that's going to be that's going to be tough. I think that's going to be the, the biggest issue. In fact, um, is going to be overcoming labor cost increases, and a recession is extremely likely. Um, but it's you know, whether or not we go into a recession or not is actually less important, because the real damage has been the economy slowing from four point eight percent growth to likely zero or worse if we, if we are, are indeed in a recession already. Um, so a recession whether or not we go into one technically is not all that important, although it you know recessions live in the minds of individuals and they can be exacerbated when people start to believe that we're in some hellish economic um, environment. Um, but you know overall the economic and, and, and market environment has changed dramatically. We're in a completely different weather system. Um, than the one that persisted from the financial crisis in 2008, 15 years ago, until very recently. In, during that entire period, and you've, I think you've, you've, you've done well to highlight this. Over speculation, bubbles, silly ideas, effectively were rewarded by the central banks um, with artificially lower interest rates uh, and more printed money. But the topography from that point going forward is going to be entirely different. Um, Now, with money having a price on it, um, the market is is normalizing. the economy is normalizing to to a certain degree. Um, And that means it'll become more rational, more honest uh, and really more Darwinian. And we don't think that's a bad thing. We really don't. Um, So, you know, anytime there's change like this, there's going to be opportunities that present themselves. And I've heard a couple of your other guests in, in different weeks. Um, discuss the same concept, but it's, it's very true. And, and this is the stock picking part to it. There's a large number of companies out there that have great balance sheets, that have tremendous growth prospects and are growing now. They've got good dividends and they've fallen for no reason besides the fact that they're simply stocks um, to, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 percent below what a normalized valuation would be. And in a normalized environment. And that's going to pay dividends by adding them now. So deployment's going to be key. Ironically, you know, we've under we've underheld bonds and restricted the model portfolios because um, of all of the risks with bonds. That's why I've hated and screamed about 60-40 portfolios and the idiocy of those things over the years. But um, bonds and, and preferred stocks and other yield vehicles look interesting for the first time to us in, in well over a decade. Um, so there's some opportunities there. There's no question. Um, energy still looks strong. Oil and gas energy. I'm, I'm talking about real energy, not intermittent energy. Uh, new and emerging um, opportunities are, are being developed in AI and nuclear energy at this point is beginning to look extremely interesting to us. So we're looking forward to you know, discussing all of those things at the World Outlook Conference in a couple of weeks. But I I, I, I want to say one word of, of caution here, Michael, is that there's a lot of well-known growth companies that, that we've all heard of. I, um, you know, you look at um, Meta, uh, you know, Facebook, Google, Netflix, Shopify, Bitcoin. A lot of these things are down, you know, 40, 50, 60, at 70, over 70 percent in many cases. Um, and people have to understand that the economics suggest that we could still get cut in half on those positions from here going forward. You know, with money costing a significant uh, dollar amount, profits just not being generated, you could lose another 50% of your money by buying those stocks. So that's a critical issue.
0: I'm really glad you're putting that up. And I've been thinking about the environment we're in or or we're in, we're in, but it's a better time for people like you. It was not somebody with expertise environment because you could throw a dart at any aggressive tech company that had no earnings, but promised that they were going to get to Mars, mine it, you know, and refine it. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, anything went. And I always felt that was a more difficult environment for me personally, too, that people ask me, you know, am, am I a buyer of, you know, some tech stock that's already tripled or quadrupled or even gone even further. And I'm going, you know, I, I, there's no analysis that supports it. So I don't know what to do. So I think it's actually come to a time when people can display their expertise when it comes to understanding the markets. As you said, the world's change, You should change. You know, understanding the specifics of stocks that are going to uh, have a better chance. You know, as you say, understanding their balance sheet. So I, I, I'm looking forward to it at the World Outlook Conference because they're, you know, could you pick a better time when I could say there's food for thought? You know, we have had this, uh, we talked earlier, uh, you know, about oil and gas and about that whole world's changed. Well, the whole world has changed. You know, cheap energy's gone, cheap labor's gone, cheap money's gone. It's a stock picker's time. That's why I encourage people to come and listen to Neil McIver at the World Outlook Conference because, uh, as I say, fascinating time. There are opportunities, but there are things to be careful of. So, Neil, I'm going on and on, but I really want to say thank you today and look forward to hearing you at the World Outlook Conference.
1: My pleasure, Michael. I'm so excited. By the way, the lineup that you guys have organized is fantastic. The speakers are unbelievable. I think the best year ever. So we're incredibly excited to be there and to share our thoughts with everybody. Uh, But we're also excited to be there as participants listening to what others have to say. It's going to be fantastic.
0: Well, just remember, Neil McIver is founder of McIver Capital Management at CG Wealth. Neil, thank you.
1: Thank you.